You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. straight with our kids we I've shared before we were, we're blessed to have a couple different uh, impressive national champions within our uh, church um, one of them we do have a uh, Shane always loves when I talk about this but we do have a uh, within our church we do have someone who was a, um, a pistol shooting national champion uh, right here within the church and then we also got a national archery uh, champion within the church right here so that's pretty cool isn't it so uh, we're going to be looking at shooting straight with our kids. And, and a couple of years ago, I did preach with this same illustration. It's a different message, but I just it's, it's still a great illustration about archery, okay? So I've got my little uh, Genesis bow by Matthew. If you, uh, if you shoot target archery at school, you probably use a bow something like this. Uh, but so in archery, and I'll get Shane to critique my... Uh, form here but uh, you know you get the arrow and you uh, you knock it and so forth you get it on there and you draw or well and it's not wanting to stay on there too good uh, but uh, you get the arrow now this may not look like much of an arrow to you at the moment but uh, in the ancient times uh, arrows would have been made of uh, sticks maybe a little bit bigger than this, but they would have been they would have started looking a lot like started looking something like this Okay, uh, and then by the time you uh, Whittle it down and I meant to bring a knife up here with me, but you know uh, Deidre's glad I forgot that <laughs> but, uh, but by the time you whittle it down some and you weigh it and you work on it and eventually it turns into An aluminum shaft <laughs> uh, eventually it turns into a straight arrow but it starts off looking a little bit something like this okay so I may refer back to those in just a moment uh, shooting straight with our kids I am continuing our our verse by verse study on the book of Colossians and I am just reading and studying Colossians 321 and then we're going to going to go from there Colossians 321 where the Bible simply says fathers Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And I'm going to continue right on, okay? Uh, I've got so much to cover. Oh, a little nice arrows there. Uh, i got so much to uh, cover that if I have to, I'll just turn this into two parts um, so that I don't rush too much. But I do want to move fairly quickly here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 4. This is a companion verse. Um, to Colossians 3.21, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, for the, for the idea of the, the title of the message, Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And I'm going to read this very carefully. 
Because the last time I tried to quote this, I said the fruit of, I said the fruit of the loom. I'm going to read it very carefully this time. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Um, and I just want to stop right there, and I don't want to tell you, oh, you know what, again, I said I'm not going to rush, so I'm just going to tell you tonight that children are a blessing. Amen. Uh, and I'm telling you, God's blessed this country greatly, and if we don't do something about the babies being murdered in this country, I'm telling you, uh, America's going to be called account to uh, the millions of innocent lives that have been slain. Uh, thankfully, there is a pushback to that, you know, I... I talk about our senator friend in Texas that wrote up the heartbeat bill, and I mean, just every day lives are being saved there, and we know there's people fighting that and trying to get the rights back to the state. So children are a blessing anyway, but I want to say this too, uh, and I'm not going to go on go no big old stump right here, but it's a shame how much of our modern thinking, I'm talking about even among Christians today, so much of our modern thinking about having children has been affected by the eugenics movement of the early 20th century. The eugenics movement of the earliest century, uh, 20th century. So much of our thinking about this uh, goes back to that. I'm saying that to say this. If God allows you to have kids, have kids and have them, and have a few more, amen, and uh, enjoy them, and raise them, and I'm not telling you how many kids to have, don't misunderstand me, but I'm saying have those kids, have those babies, uh, they are a blessing, amen, and, uh, and I know that they're work, because they all start off like this, they're work, but what God says is, I'm putting this in your hand, and you're sitting there saying, thanks Lord, but God's saying, no, I'm also going to give you a knife. I'm going to give you a tool. And I'm, going to, and I'm going to give you something to where you can whittle and work this. And before it's time for them to leave the home, they're going to be a polished shaft. They're going to be an arrow that's ready not to just fall out into this world, but to be launched out into this world. Children are a blessing. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think of... Uh, uh, you know, different times, people, people get criticized. You have more than two, two kids, you get criticized these days. You ever, ever, if you have more than two kids, uh, you'll know that you may get criticized for having less than that. I'm not sure. Uh, but again, it, it's amazing how much the perspective in our country, and I'm going to put this down so I don't sit up here and talk with it the whole time in a second, but it's amazing how much the perspective in our country seriously was, has been affected by the idea of the eugenics movement. And you can just check that out yourself, or maybe I'll talk about it some other time. But the Bible continues in verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Anybody know what a quiver is? That's what you stick your arrows in, you know. If you, uh, you see somebody, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's Hawkeye or whether it's Legolas or whoever it is that you might see, the, the, the quiver is the, the holder for the arrows, okay? So blessed, happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. Uh, they shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, 
Uh, I want to speak just from my heart just for a little bit to you when it comes to this idea. We, God's instruction, by the way, the Word of God is so practical. The Bible has given us instruction that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks to wives specifically, husbands specifically, children specifically, and now husbands and wives as parents. This week, we're just walking right through the text. And, uh, you know, there is uh, nothing, there is nothing as important that you will ever have there is nothing as valuable that you will ever have as a as a as a parent in your hands as a child never you'll never have something that 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 you'll be so accountable for in your hands as a child now as i speak about this subject i am passionate about this subject but I want to hasten to say I do not consider myself an expert on this subject, okay? Uh, I'm passionate about it because there's no greater joy in my life. I mean, of course, number one is knowing Christ as my Savior. Number two is being married to uh, the, the woman of my dreams, the, the woman that God has for me. And then after that, it is my amazing kids. Uh, I love them so much. Uh, they're such a blessing to me. Uh, I love them like crazy. They mean so much to me. And if if you know much about me as a pastor, you've learned over the years uh, that I believe that our our walk with God comes first, and then it's our kids, and then it's the church, and so on. Now, uh, a a very important distinction to make there is that the closer, if if I'm putting God before my family, does that mean my family suffers? No. If I'm putting my family before the church, does that mean my church suffers? No. Because one of the, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm putting my family, I've had people that have said, oh, you, well, you said families, you know, next before church, so we're going boating on Sunday instead of coming to church because we haven't got to do that in a while. <laughs> uh, that's not wise, my friend. Uh, a, a, part, a part of loving your family is saying, you know what, no, we're going to make church a priority. But it doesn't mean that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, we, you just got to get that priority in order. One doesn't take away from the other. Now, um, I, I'm trying to look at my notes here because I'm already getting all over the place. Uh, I want to try to be an example because I, I got to say that as I go through this, as I study this message, I got to be, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I don't know why I say that because I, I think you probably assume I'm being honest with you even before I said that. Uh, Because I really am being honest with you. But seriously, though, when I'm studying this message, brother, i got to tell you right now, uh, I'm not a cry person. I don't know if you're like this. I feel feel bad for how little I cry. And I feel bad for how when I do cry, it's over some stupid movie or something like that. You know what I mean? Don't judge me if it's not too late. Here's all I'm trying. What what movie? Is that what you're saying? Uh, Last movie I cried on, Melanie. Oh my gosh, don't even, don't even. I'm going to cry if you just say that. Last movie I cried on, Melanie. What's the name of the movie? I remember it. The Art of Racing in the Rain. It's a movie about, quit laughing at me. Okay, Um, yeah, anyway. uh, It's a movie about a man and his dog, and it's from the dog's perspective. Dory, don't watch it, you'll be, you'd love the movie. Uh, Okay, but here's what, the point I'm simply trying to make is this. When I was studying this, I'm telling you, I was brought to tears. And I, Danny, have been, for a good part of the day, up at least through the morning, man, I've just been heavy hearted. 
Just because, dads, uh, I think about the parent and the dad that I haven't been. Right? Um, uh, we, we know moms are notorious for this, but some of us dads can feel the same way. Uh, I've, th- I've uh, th- thought about the dad that I haven't been. And, um, and so, but I, but I want to try to be an example to you because I don't want to sit up here and say, now I need y'all all to tell me how good of a dad I am. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that. I'm saying, you know what? That's true. What's in the past is in the past. But by the grace of God, what we have to work with is today and moving on. So you've got adult children, you've got little children, you've got grandchildren, whatever the, whatever the case may be, work with what you, what you have left and what the, the time what you have is today and whatever you have for the future. Don't get too hung up or hung up probably at all in the past, okay? Uh, so um, I want to try to be an example in that. Moving on, amen. Looking, looking, looking forward to the future. The very first command to that God gave to people concerning them and children is what? Anybody know? Yeah, there, thank you. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the very first command that God had to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And, uh, and, and the order was given before man ever sinned. And in the, in the begetting, in the bearing of children, think about this. God is blessed to where children... Be fruitful and multiply. He allows a husband and a wife to share in the creative activity of God. And it's a miracle, isn't it? Uh, the miracle of childbirth. And, uh, and, and that's, why, that's why, by the way, can I just add this too? That's why talking to our kids about sex and intimacy shouldn't be so taboo. When we talk about God Almighty who designed this beautiful thing, called sex but it's in ramifications between a husband and a wife and within the bonds of marriage and i'm telling you there, there there are secular psychological studies that show the intimacy and the connection that takes place when two people come together physically uh and and, it, and it's to be shared and 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 there's there's just a lot of reasons why besides the fact that god said so uh, which is good enough, but God's the one who created it, being a part sharing in the creative activity of God. Now, the Lord places a strong emphasis and responsibility for parents to co- cultivate a positive relationship with their children. And one of the things that impressed me as I was studying these verses is I was thinking about the New Testament admonitions as well as the Old Testament admonitions. But think about the verses that we read that are very specific about raising kids. What our responsibility, dads and moms, as we'll see just in a moment, and I'll just go ahead and tell you that the word fathers, both in Colossians and Ephesians, applies both to moms and dads. Not just to dads, it applies to both. The Greek word that's used there uh, literally means both. But the, the idea is this. In both cases, notice what it says. Fathers, regarding your children, Colossians 3.21, provoke not your children to wrath, lest they be discouraged. Ephesians 6.4, and ye fathers and mothers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, if we're not careful as parents, we spend a lot of time doing this. We spend a lot of time trying to shoot these arrows would this weight do or would I dry fire soon? I'm not going to dry fire, but you stupid stick. 
What is wrong with you? I told you to fly. I told you to soar. And God's saying, whoa, whoa, buddy. I've given you a tool. You got some whittling to do. And when when you see that arrow kind of fly off a little weird like that, well, you got to put the fletchings on there for one thing. Uh, There's still some crafting to do on this arrow. Don't look like much of an arrow. There's work to do. Chloe, you ever seen an arrow like that? Uh, Well, that's kind of like what you are. Did you know that? (laughs) But you got some pretty flowers and things like that. And you're not just a bare branch like this one, okay? Um, (laughs) Now, some of you, talking about parenting, some of you might have had to go pick something like this out for mama or grandma. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so you're up here saying, quit swinging that thing around. It's bringing back memories, all right? Uh, uh, some of you, I can tell, don't know what I'm talking about, and you need some of this, okay? Uh, <laughs> but what I'm just simply trying to say is, it is interesting. The very first admonition to our children, and again, don't worry, because I, I told you already, I'm not going to rush, uh, which doesn't mean that I'm going to go on it. It just means I'll stop somewhere in the middle and finish this, uh, Lord willing, on next week. The very first thing, because I got five of these, but I told you I'm not going all night. Uh, whoever's in the nursery, I'm not going all night. Uh, lift our children. Okay, the number one command then that he starts with in the New Testament is lift our children. Lift our children. Children need to be encouraged. Uh, so it says, don't, uh, you know, the, 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 the admonition there in Colossians is lest they be discouraged. Parents, fathers, mothers, don't discourage your kids. Don't do things that are discouraging to your kids. Now, now please hang with me, because if this is the only point that I deal with, I'm afraid that this may sound like some sort of pop psychology, okay? I'm not bringing Sigmund Freud into the service tonight, uh, at any point to where I do, I'm going to body slam his Marxist hide, okay? Uh, I am not. I'm going to throat punch him uh, if I bring Sigmund Freud in. We're not talking about that tonight, okay? Uh, and I don't mean him literally because he's just uh, a, a bag of bones in the grave somewhere right now. Um, but I mean his philosophies, his teachings. I'm not bringing that, so just bear with me. I'm just telling you, listen to what the Bible says. Don't discourage your kids. Don't provoke your kids to wrath. Now, remember, when I'm preaching to you, there's an old saying that says the preacher's here pointing at you, right? It always says, I got one pointing at you and three pointing back at me. Because I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me too. My kids are here, so I dare not act like some perfect dad up here today, okay? Uh, I'm just saying that the Bible says we shouldn't discourage or make our, or provoke our kids to wrath. And we'll talk about what that means and... Um, We'll probably more or less deal with this point and uh, dismiss, but so let me give it to you quickly. How about this? One of the things that we can do to encourage our kids and just rather than putting them down, we need to lift them up. Now, I know somebody says, well, how are they going to do any better if I don't put them down? (laughs) You know the type. Uh, Are you the type? Uh, Now, listen, it's not that we don't point out things, but listen, learn from Jesus, okay? Learn from Jesus. 
You look, at the first, you look at the seven churches of Laodicea. I've told you this before. Matter of fact, I, I learned it. I learned it, Shane. And uh, I, I was uh, learning target archery. I was learning to be a target archery instructor. Uh, and I did that for a while in a, at our little group in Vermilion for a while. But, but, but one of the things they always said was, always, if you're going to correct the kids, and let me tell you, I don't know how you feel, but when I first hear this, I'm just like, yeah, really? If you're going to correct the kids... You know, they're up here and, and, and you know, they get, the, they get the bow in their hand and uh, whatever. And they're standing like this. And they got this pulled back here like this. They said, don't go up and say, hey, you're holding it wrong. Your stance is wrong. Go up and say, you know what, that front hand looks really good. But let me tell you something that may help you. Let's try to get that stance widened out a little bit. Let's try to find an anchor when we pull this back. But he always, they always say, and does any, can anybody identify with me of saying, really? I always say something positive first. And, and I'm just telling you, that sound kind of, uh, sissy-like to me. Can I be honest? Uh, here's the thing, though. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Because Jesus had some correcting to do, some major correcting to do with those seven churches. Every time he said, man, i got to tell you all something good. i got to tell you something good you're doing. He's talking to people that are letting, starting to get idol worship and adultery in the church. But he says, man, I want to tell you something you're doing good, but I need to correct something you're doing wrong. So in other words, I, I started saying, man, I thought that was sissy-like just because the way my dad raised me, I think. Uh, but, you know, actually, Jesus did that. Paul did that. They pointed out good and said, but hey, let's work on something. Let's, let, th this is something we need to work on. So in other words, we don't, need, we don't need to be looking to put our kids down. In other words, rather than always trying to catch your kids doing something wrong, try to catch your kids doing something right sometimes. And point it out. Highlight it. Look for things. Learn, learn uh, so, at some point, as, as parents, and really all of us, we need to understand what the character traits and qualities are. Uh, there's like, you know, 50-something, I think, different character uh, traits, you know, uh, wisdom and discernment and, and friendliness and, and, uh, and accountability and, and th these different little things. We need to start finding things that we can compliment our kids on and, 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 and encourage them in. Yes, it is our job to correct them. But we need to learn that it can't just be all correction all the time. Aren't you glad Jesus don't do you that way? There's some of you and some of us that come from churches to where we had to... There's some of you still healing from that. Being taught that that's who Jesus is. You need to get this right and you're not doing... You're up, yeah, maybe you're doing that, but now the next thing you need to do. We don't, what's that do? That's not Jesus. Uh, man, we need, we need to serve Jesus out of love. And so there needs to be, our Lord is encouraging to us. And by the way, there's a difference between praise and encouragement. Um, you know, praise says you're great because you did something. You're great because, look how you performed. I'm going to give you some praise here. Now, there's nothing wrong with that to a certain extent. But encouragement is more important than praise because what about the next time they don't do so well? What then? 
are they, are, 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 is their value now lowered? Am I, am I not proud of them because they didn't perform as well? I try my best to make it clear to my kids that, you know, which is the next point that I'm not moving on to, but is the, my love for them is unconditional. I'm always proud of my kids. I'm always thankful for my kids. I always am appreciative, and, and, and I, try to, I try to find something to encourage my kids in. Nothing wrong with praise, but encouragement looks at a child, not necessarily for their achievements, but who the child is, and are grateful for who they are. See, the Bible talks about, oftentimes it talks about blessing and cursing. Blessing and cursing. Do you know that you bless your children when you find things that you can encourage them in? You know, I, I appreciate, and you can look at things and find encouraging things you can say to your kids or about your kids, and that goes a long way. That's a blessing. Uh, I, I, love telling my, I love telling my kids it's the truth. I love telling my kids I don't tell them enough. But I love telling my kids, man, God has something great for your life. God's going to use you in a mighty way. He's got a plan for you. I mean, I love doing that. Something I don't do near enough, I learned it from Zig Ziglar. How many know Zig Ziglar? There's a, there's a few of us older folks that know Zig Ziglar. Man, Zig Ziglar, I, I've stole this, and I've tried to do it a few times. And, and, and what Zig Ziglar would do is he would go up, he would find a child, and I'm looking for a child, Anna. He would go up to Anna, and here's what he would say. Anna, can you step out here where I can see you just for a sec? Here's what Zig Ziglar would do. He'd say, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, because here's what it is. I see something, Anna, and I know it when I see it. You know what I see? I see a winner. I see a gifted person. I see. There comes another one, Chloe. I see it. There it is again. I know it when I see it. You can sit down, Anna, uh, and mind your mom and dad. Uh, but that's what Zig Ziglar would do. He would just get a kid, and, and, and I'm telling you, there's kids that are, that are my age now that he told that to when they were kids, and it blessed them. It gave them confidence, and they believed that they were something, and it wasn't based on how well they did. I see you, Chloe. I see it. Uh, it wasn't based on how well they perform. It was based on who they are. Our, each of our children are a unique creation from God. You say, you don't, understand, you don't understand. You don't understand my kid, Pastor. You don't understand. What do you want me to do with this? Here's what I want you to do with it. I want you, I want you to go get a tool that God's provided you, and I want you to start doing work on it. And I want you the whole time, see the whole time that archer is working on that, he's envisioning, isn't he Shane? He's envisioning what this is going to be. He's not discouraged by what it is. He takes this little piece off. He, he takes that little uh, rebelliousness off there. He, 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 he works on that strong will uh, there and tries to not, not break the child's spirit, but he, he tries, to, tries to learn how to break that child's will. And get them to learn how to obey. And, and, and works a little bit more over here in some encouragement. Uh, and I'm telling you, uh, dads, man, make sure, make sure those girls know how precious they are. Make sure those girls know. We're talking about blessing and cursing. You, they might look like a mess, but keep envision it. See it. Believe it. Because God made, you, made your child. 
you know, uh, we, you know, encourage your child. You know, I, I, maybe you've heard this before, but uh, you know, you know, it's the old thing of like if 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 people were in charge of animals. You know, if we started started a school for animals, you know the story. Many of you know the story. I won't spend a lot of time on it. You start a school for animals. You get ducks enrolled. You get an eagle enrolled. You get a squirrel enrolled. You get a fish enrolled in this school. We're trying to teach all these ducks and fish and eagles and uh, what else did I say? Squirrels. We're trying to teach them something. Well, Eric, we start looking at these animals and we look at that squirrel and we're just like, now the squirrel's doing great climbing. But that squirrel stinks at swimming. And flying, it just looks hopeless. So rather than focus on what that squirrel does good, well, here's what we're going to do. Say, we're smart. We're people. So we say, squirrel, forget about the climbing. I think you got that all under control. We need to start working on getting you to learn how to swim. We need to get you working on flying. We're talking about standardized, <laughs> uh, standardized learning, right? You know what? Just because, listen, you may have a child that's an eagle. They don't even want to come to class. You know Thomas Edison's teachers said, take that fool home? That kid can't learn nothing. He's dumb. He's an idiot. He's stupid. His mom said, he is not stupid. You just don't understand him. And she said, you know what? Fine. I'll take him home and I'll learn him something. That's how homeschool moms talk. I'm being sarcastic uh, because that homeschool kid turned out pretty good, amen? And he wasn't so stupid after all. See, maybe, maybe the teacher was looking at it. Maybe he was a duck, and maybe he didn't do so good at climbing. But instead of saying, well, we're going to focus all, uh, your child, your duck's doing pretty good, but we just can't get it to climb. You really need to work on your duck about its climbing ability. You follow me what I'm trying to say today? I'm trying to say the Bible says this, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. We need to study our children. We don't need to try to make our children something that they're not. Um, we need to encourage, bless our children. There was an evangelist uh, years ago, uh, I could almost call, his last name was Glass. He was actually a football player, uh, Kurt may know him, but he went into prison evangelism. And one of the things he had often asked in the prisons is he would say, how many of you prisoners, how many of your dads told you that you would never amount to anything and you'd end up in prison? Almost no matter which prison he went to, almost every hand would go up. See, when you tell your kid you're stupid and you're whatever, you start pointing out all these negative things, they start believing it. There's blessing and cursing. Encouraging is blessing your children. And let me tell you something about discouragement. Discouragement, a, a discouraged child is, a, is, is fair prey for Satan and the world. Children need to be encouraged. Any of you have plants, house plants or anything? Uh, if you have a real plant, you know, you water that plant. Now, there's a good illustration here, and I, I saw the time just a minute ago, and I know I can't keep going too long. But if you have a plant, you've got to water that plant. If it's a succulent, I guess, from what I understand, you don't have to water them as much, or do you water them all? I don't know. But if you've got a plant, you've got to water it. But if you, you can't just water it one time. A, a, listen, a 
from, from the smallest kid to whoever's still at home, they need encouragement like a plant needs water. And when they don't get it, they start withering up and getting weak. We got teachers here in the church. Uh, I guarantee these teachers see it. Kim sees it working with the youth. Kurt sees it uh, with his little buddy he was telling me about last week. You start speaking some blessing into their lives. You start uh, showing some interest in them. You start showing them some love and attention. And what happens? Uh, Kurt seen this little fella just like water on a plant, just perk right up. And yeah, he's still got a bunch of branches and stuff that's, that needs to be whittled off. But, but, uh, now, but now, some of you know something about overwatering, right? You get root rot and all that stuff. Well, that, that's that parent that never wants to point out and doesn't want to correct their children, which is the other side of this thing that I'm having trouble getting to. But Paul made it clear that parents are supposed to make it as easy as possible to obey. Provoke not your children. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give you the meaning of the words, and, uh, and I'm going to uh, end it with the meaning of the words just very quickly, okay? Uh, provoke. Provoke not. Provoke means to rouse your children to anger, to fight. Uh, to excite or to irritate. Now I want to give a word of wisdom to, uh, to the young folks here tonight that are listening. Just like in the previous messages, it is not wise for, the pa- for, for you to go home as a husband and say, would you hear what pastor said, honey? All right? And vice versa. You work on you. Okay? Um, and I'll say that to the kids as well. You work on you. You pray for your parents, all right? But provoke means to rouse to anger. We can provoke our children by being unreasonable in our demands. Unreasonable in our demands, outrageous in our punishments, and inconsistent with our examples and rules and controls. Listen, dads, we need to be dads not dictators. Moms, you need to be a mom and not a monster. Okay? Uh, Don't provoke your children to wrath. Provoke, rouse to anger, flight. Um, Yeah, so um, discourage. Discourage means to be disheartened, to, to have their spirit broken. Again, It is actually our job as parents to help break the will of a child, but not their spirit. And some of us don't know the difference. And and you know one of the things I forgot to say at the onset of this, but but I should have said all the way, let me listen, not all of us had, and not all of you had the right example. Some of you have never even heard some of the things I'm talking about tonight. As moms and dads, as children, these different roles we're talking about, we've all got to learn these things. These are things that I've been trying to learn for the last, uh, I have been a dad for, it'll be 24 years this year. Is that amazing? And I've really tried to be a student of what it means to be a dad and a husband. Husband, 25 years. Uh, A dad going on 24 years. Um, Listen. What are some ways that we can provoke our children to wrath and discourage them? We can nag them. Now, we can be sarcastic. Now, sarcastic is our, of the other language in our house. Okay? We are sarcastic people. Uh, but I'm telling you, you know what it is when you're starting to cross the line. Bullying. 
That just, I, I can think of times, and, it, and it's sometimes, whether it's certain kids, and, and I don't know, it's different in different homes, dads with sons, moms with, do- moms with a certain daughter, or daughters, I don't know, uh, or it might be a dad with a daughter, it's just, but sometimes it's just these personality conflicts. And uh, man, the times that I have acted like a bully in my house, I'm going to stand accountable. Evan, I'm going to stand accountable for those times. I'm going to stand accountable for the times that I lost it, got all swolt up big and bad, and jumping up like, okay, dude, really? Uh, big man. Big man, going to scare the boy, get him in the, you know. Uh, I'm going to give an account for those times like that. I'm going to give an account to where I've lost my temper with my kids. I'm going to give an account for all that. That's provoking them to wrath. And you said, well, you preacher, you should have seen them. They were asking for it. I know. They're kids. And that's why I'm doing so much of this backwards and I'm stopping nursery workers. Uh, That's why so much of this is prefaced with, Ephesians is prefaced with verse 18 of chapter 5. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Colossians is prefaced with verse, what is it, verse 14, verse 15, where the Bible says, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Because we don't have the ability. We're, we're, We're pretty helpless and idiotic on our own. But with the Holy Spirit on the inside, the Bible says this, by the way, about anger, I'll say quickly. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Boy, we need to learn that verse. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I'm going to get them lined up. I'm going to scream and holler and stomp and snort and hit and swipe and everything else until uh, it's going to work the righteousness of God. It doesn't work that way. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Then, uh, then lastly, I'll give you nurture and admonition. Uh, the nurture and admonition of the Lord, uh, the, the loving uh, inserting of the Scripture uh, and loving Jesus into their hearts and their lives. So the first thing, and I, again, I'm all over the place and didn't get where I was trying to go, but basically the very first thing it's interesting that God emphasizes is we need to lift up our children, be an encouragement to our children, find something not only just to praise them for, but to encourage them in. Let them know, let them know that your love, like the love of God's, aren't you glad God's love is unconditional? Hey, how, how well do you perform all the time? How does God keep loving you? He keeps loving you with the love that don't stop. Every one of our children need to know that no matter what, we love them. We love them. And when we're trying to correct, and by the way, that's another thing, ah, it's so many things. You try to correct your children. People talk about we're gonna, you know, gonna punish our kids. I don't believe in punishing kids. I believe in correcting kids. I believe in trying to correct, trying to get kids on the right, going the right way. That's what the Bible teaches. Uh, but but lift them up, be an encouragement, bless them, love them, let them know that you care about them. And for some of us, this is awkward and weird because it ain't the way we were. Just like I said, it was wrong for me. And some of you may have, I hope you didn't judge me too hard when I said that I felt like that whole encouraging thing was sissy-like. But I'm just telling you, that's the way I was raised. But it's not right. Because some of these things would sound like, man, come on, that ain't the way it works. 
But anyhow, my dad did me, and I turned out fine. Well, that's okay. But maybe your dad didn't know the Lord. Maybe your dad didn't know the Bible. But you have the opportunity to get a knife and start whittling. Amen. You don't bang the branches off, you know. Oh, Deidre, something came off there. Something did come off. Uh, but it's not ready to fly. All right? Man, you, 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 you get a tool and you work on it, you work on it. And next week we'll talk about getting it like this, okay? Um, all right. Well, thank you for your time. Why don't we have a prayer to close with tonight? And let's all stand together. Lord, I thank you for the practical instruction that you give us from the Word of God.